This is the Going the Distance Podcast. Dude, I'm telling you, when I'm driving a fucking Porsche and living on a yacht, you're gonna be like, oh, I wish I got him in the top guy. You had two picks on two defensive possessions in a row, and you don't win the field position battle? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? This is a fun show. <laughs> yeah, this is fun. Alrighty. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Going the Distance podcast. My name is Ryan Bennell, and alongside me is Elijah Spann. It is episode number 21. Today is June 10th. It is Thursday night. We had to postpone our normal Wednesday night schedule, move it back a day. But nonetheless, we're still here for another episode. The recorded version will be uploaded on Friday morning. So if you don't catch the live version on Twitch or YouTube, check us out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well. You can follow us on Twitter and other social medias there at GTD underscore sports. That's our Twitter, but our TikTok got a new username. We are now at gtdsports.com on there. We've been posting a lot of content on there, so make sure you guys follow us there as well. We've been way, way more active on Twitter in the past few days, so we're really trying to get that stuff going. And you can follow our personal accounts as well. You see on the screen, I'm at RyanBanel8, and Elijah is at Elijah Spans. If you want to follow along with our betting picks, I'm out of retirement. Elijah just came out of retirement this past couple days and won his first bet in a long time. So you can follow us on the Action Network and keep up with all of our picks. You can just search us by full name and we should show up on that. And last but not least, subscribe to the GTD Sports newsletter on our website so you don't miss out on any podcasts or blog posts. All right, before we start on this episode, though, before we really get into anything important, I just want to say... I'm going to I'm going to spend I don't care how much time it takes. I will dig deep into the archives, the files and find the audio clip where I picked Nikola Jokic to win this year's NBA MVP cuz I've never done it before cuz usually I just pick LeBron, but this year I did it. I picked him before the season started and it happened. So I just wanted to point that out. Now that that's out of the way, I can yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm at peace. You did it and I shot on you for it too. I was like, "No, I didn't I didn't agree with you. I I kind of expect I didn't expect it to happen realistically because it was kind of a long. It was time like more away. of a yeah. It was definitely more of like a hot take pick. But yeah, like, I we mean were, he's been, rocking with it. Yeah, he had been playing good like the past couple seasons. So that was that was my logic. But anyway, what have you been doing this past week? I know it was your birthday yesterday. Anything birthday fun? yesterday? Yeah, me and you went golfing. That was fun. I had the worst round that I've had in a very long time, which was <laughs> hey, not that fun. I, I didn't do good either. I shot a 121, yeah. which is not great. I stopped keeping tour. So. A lot less mulligans, though. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Taking baby so, steps. Then, I don't know. But then it sucked because I woke up this morning and I felt like shit. And it wasn't even for me like drinking. Like I'm actually sick. So. Hey, you sound uh, a little stuffy, honestly. Yeah. So, But we're rocking with it. I didn't want to postpone it again just because, like, just, you know, let's do this week's and get on next week's, basically. So, I'm here. We here. All right. We here. We out here. We got a decent amount of stuff to go through tonight. But I want to go ahead and start off with a would you rather question like we always do. So, this week I got would you rather win an NBA Finals ring as a role player or a bench player? Somebody that's really not, like, an icon, like, you know, like, well-known on the team or like a Caruso. <laughs> yeah. Like a Caruso. That's a great, great pick or example. Or would you rather win March madness being the one to make the buzzer beater shot? So for me, it depends on 
which market I play for. So if I'm winning March Madness, I wanted to be it for like a Villanova or a Duke or Kentucky to where I can stay in that area and just live off that <laughs> one shot for the rest of my life. Like Johnny Manziel, he's yeah. literally just making money because he won the Heisman 10 years ago or whatever. You know, yeah, his I, autograph you know, signing business. Yeah. Yeah. So like I would either or, you know, if I'm in the NBA, it depends on which franchise I do it for. Like if it's for like, I don't know, like the Bucks or something, I'd probably go with, you know, the college buzzer beater because then you could be the shot. But whatever's going to make me more money <laughs> because okay. either way. I like either that way, logic. That's 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 my logic. I like that logic. That's not bad because, I mean, you bring up a good point. You know, the bigger market teams like Kentucky and Duke, of course. Well, but at the same time, though, think about it. Those teams have so many championships that, like, why would that one be special? You know what I mean? Boosters. Yeah, they have, like the, yeah. they have like the most money involved, and they're like they love basketball the most, and like that's true. They, they have, like, those, the those schools booster programs are insane, dude. Like, and they're yeah, they're weightless. Like, I know for Kentucky and Duke specifically, I, we may have talked about this before, but like they're weightless to get season tickets or even just tickets in general is like insane, and like their tickets are so expensive every time. But it'd be cool to be there, like as a student. That'd be fun. Yeah. All right. So mine for you. Is would you rather be Tom Brady's son or be a bottle of avocado tequila? Because either way, Tom Brady's lips are gonna be all over you. Oh, okay. That's you put me in a tough position here. <sighs> Tom Brady's okay. Well, on one end, being Tom Brady's son would be cool, you know, because like your dad is the greatest quarterback of all time. But then on the other end, you're probably gonna have to like make out with him until you're age 18 and out of the house. Because that's just how they roll at the Brady yeah, household, start, you know. And he and he is, you know, TB twelve, so he's going to be pretty strong well into his sixties. So you're going to have to fight him off for a long time. Oh my god, dude! You know? No, he's going to keep you on that TB twelve diet too, man. You know, when you're the bottle of avocado tequila, you're just you're just samped, you know, in one night, and then you go to the, you know, probably the recycling. Tom Brady strikes me as a dude who recycles. And then you know, hundred percent. You get, you get, yeah, you get rebirthed as you know a different glass product. I'm, I'm going with the avocado tequila. <laughs> Fuck that, yeah, yeah. Rebirth, all that, you know. Fuck, be, you know, being Tom Brady's son, it would be cool, but it, would, I don't know, I don't know if I would want that life because also you got all those expectations too. You, you know, you have to live up to your dad's legacy. I don't know. Well, with the but, but being the bottle of avocado tequila, there's a lot of expectations to live up to the the TB12 diet restrictions. So I mean, like, yeah, there's, I've ne- there's pressure I've never from even, everywhere. I had never even heard of uh, of avocado tequila before that, like you know, the whole celebration thing when that went viral. Yeah. Neither have I, but uh, it made sense. It seems like something white people would be interested in. <laughs> it literally, yeah, it sounds exactly like. I'm that. very interested in it actually, and I would like to get some, but. I don't know. I've never seen it. Does it taste like avocado or is it just made with avocado? Maybe it's made with avocado. I need answers, dude. I don't know. Maybe um, maybe I just need to go to like a – probably go to Specs. Have you ever been to Specs, like the really big liquor store? Yeah. Yeah, go there and they'll probably have some avocado tequila. That's our best bet. Well, I'm sure any liquor store probably would have it. I don't know though. Maybe it's I've some like luxury it. shit that Tom Brady got imported from Mexico. Dude, you know he's he has all the cleanest things. Yeah, exactly. Like he the has cleanest ingredients. Like he that, has to have the top notch of everything. That's probably that bottle is probably at least upwards of a hundred dollars minimum. Yeah, probably. 
I mean, have you, there's a lot of celebrities too that have been making their own brands of tequilas yeah, too. Kendall Jenner, is it Kendall or Kylie? That Kendall, has, bro. Kendall yeah. got a lot of fire for that though. Oh my god, dude, that's so dumb. I so many celebrities have tequila. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, there's so many. I'm already. pretty sure the and Rock has white tequila. People. The Rock has tequila. He's not Mexican. He's Samoan. It's like, is it like um, George Clooney or George Strait? I don't know. There's probably somebody. both. Yeah. Jay Z. Jay Z has his own tequila. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't know. That's a it's, yeah discussion for a different day. But still, but, I, I don't get that stuff. <laughs> but yeah, so I'd I'd, I'd want to be the bottle of avocado tequila. Yeah, me too. All right, moving on now. Our first major topic of the of this episode, we got it just came out this morning, actually. So kind of a good thing that we moved the episode a day back because the college football playoff committee they are they announced they're going to meet in Chicago next week to discuss the possibility of expanding the fourteen playoffs to a twelve team format. Which right off the bat, yes, 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 yes. Fuck the fourteen format. We need more than that. I don't care. 12 teams, that sounds fine, right? Originally, I was thinking eight teams. My format, like, I guess, if okay, before we really talk about it, if you were yeah, in the playoff committee, what, what would you do? Like, what would you want? Well, I'd probably say, like, Power 5 champion from each Power 5 school automatic in. Mm-hmm, I agree. Um, and then probably, you know, I mean, like, definitely the winner of the group of five. And then probably the rest of the six um, is just going to be teams that are just really good. One or two, you know, two lost teams that, you know, are on the fr- on the fringe. Like, like another like SEC team. Yeah. yeah, probably. So we're probably going to have like, you know, and, we're, and then it's not going to discriminate which conference it's from. Yeah. So like I've been pleading for like for years now, ever since the playoff really came to be. I love the playoff format. I love that way. I, I like it in comparison to the old BCS system where there was, you know, just bowl games and then only the number one and number two team play for the championship. That was a little flawed, but now we have the committee, which is flawed on a human standard because there's just so much, you know, unknown biases within the people. Like for example, the people on the committee are athletic directors, like Christo Conte, the athletic director for UT. He's on the committee this year. Like I, there may be a little bit of bias in that. I don't know. So I, oh, yeah. I just I, mean, I would love to see us combine like the BCS format with the playoff, like the BCS computer system with the playoff format. If that makes sense. Yeah. The, well, the problem is with having the human human element in it is that there's a lot of politics involved. Like if you go to the very first ever college football playoff, like us TCU getting knocked out of the top four for Ohio State, like that was done because. I mean, both teams were deserving. Yes, TCU deserved to go, but I mean, you could definitely make a state case for Ohio State because duh, they ultimately won the championship that year. But nah. it's because that they're, you know, a blue blood, a blue blood college football program, and that's why they got in. I can, yeah, I can, yeah, they, I can they tell they you exactly why. So like, yeah, so like, and that, and that's been, you know, there's probably other cases of that that aren't coming off the top of my head, but we see it like every year. I mean, there is that case for pins the two lost penn state team from a couple years ago instead they did the two sec teams like we know why georgia and bama were i mean yeah Ooh. georgia and bama are both in there that that year though like that you bring up a good point penn state they had two losses they won the big 10 championship they beat ohio state that year and instead of putting in the big 10 champion who they claimed the big 10 was one of the best conferences that year 
they chose to put in Ohio State again, like uh, over Penn State, who beat them oh, and yeah, won the conference. Right. Like that's Ohio right. State didn't even go to the conference championship that year, and that's they still right. got in. So it's like there's just so much bullshit. And like the TCU one, you talked about that. Maybe I'm a little biased, you know, growing up a TCU fan my whole life. I go to TCU now. But just to really like paint how bad that was, we were we had one last one loss all season. It was a last second field goal against Baylor, who was also a top 10 team on the road, right? Which, you know, if it was an SEC team, they would excuse that one loss, but they won't for us. Anyway. And then we go into our last game of the season, ranked number three in the country in the playoffs. We win 55-3 to three against Ohio State. We just thrash them, demolish I mean, them. Iowa State. Iowa State, yeah, sorry. I don't know what I said. Iowa State. And for some reason, unbeknownst to me, they move us down from number three to number six. We're out of the playoffs. Magic. Ohio State makes it. Ah, But, of course, they go on to win it that year. So, like – it's hard to Fairly, argue. Yeah, it's hard to argue. But maybe TCU could have won it if they were in that fourth spot. Like that that was a really good team. I mean, and they went on to win the bowl game against Ole Miss 42 to 3. Yeah. Oh. So that was oh, fuck. Yeah, it didn't, didn't Ole Miss beat Bama that year? That was like Bama's one loss. It may have been. I don't know if that was the year they beat him, but Ole Miss plays Bama tough. I don't know why, but Ole Miss seems to be Bama's crypto. That was um what was that quit? Bo. Bo something. He was with Bo Nix. No, he's Auburn. He's oh, really yeah, right. right now. This was this guy was there forever. Whatever. He's irrelevant, I guess. So, um, but yeah, no. So this is. I guess I'm cool with it. I mean, the one thing that I do like about the 14 playoff is that college football is all about dominance, and having the champion have only one loss, like maximum is just, I think, a part of college football and should be a staple. And I think, you know, it's usually the four last teams that only have one loss that are power fives that get in. That's You're usually right. yeah. – some years there is some drama and some years there's not. And that's why I think, you know, through the test of time, it's kind of held up um, for the most part. But – so that's that's one of the reasons in defense of the college in the, for the 14 playoff. But with having 12, man, I mean, like – Everyone's gonna watch those games. It's gonna and it yeah. boils down. To, it, it boils down to money, and it boils down to you know more teams, more schools want this too, and all the athletic directors want this because it's gonna be more money for their schools and more recognition. You know, I mean, and that's you know, what the NCAA is all about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so I just I don't know why they've ever been against it. And like, just just like to provide some more context on the twelve team format, if it were to go through and like be accepted, which a lot of people, a lot of rumors are saying that like the committee is leaning that way. Cause like you said, a lot of athletic directors want that exposure. They want that opportunity. But if it were to happen, the first through fourth seed would automatically have a first round buy and the seeds would go to the highest ranked conference championships. Only, only power five conference champions can take those seeds. And then seeds five through 12 would play a regular tournament style with a home field advantage rather than a neutral site for the first round. And then after that, they go into bowl games like normal, you know? Okay. So it, it, it would be interesting. And it would also eliminate independent teams like Notre Dame and BYU if they were to ever be as good as they are from because they're not in a conference. So they would never be able to be one of the top seeds, just e- even if they're undefeated because, like, they don't have a conference championship. So yeah. I kind of like that, though, because I think they need to just, you know, 
join a conference already. It's been long enough. So my my one worry with this though is that it's going to make the other New Year's Six bowls even more irrelevant. You know what I mean? Because that's been one of the problems with having the playoff is that like players and fans, for the most part, you know, don't care as much now that they make it to New Year's Six bowl. It used to be like a big deal. Yeah. But now it's just like, oh, we didn't make it to the playoffs. Like that 2014 season for TCU, like that was our greatest year in the Big 12, like hands down. And we won the arguably the ever. Bowl. Yeah, arguably ever. Probably, you know, Rose Bowl year, but whatever. Um, but the only thing we can think about with that year is how we got duped out of the college football playoff. We don't think oh. about that great team. You know dude, what I, mean? I oh dude, I fucking oh, I wanna I hate the committee, yeah. dude. Fuck them, yeah. bro. So it's so like, bad. And it's there's also and I feel bad too. Like we said, Ohio State probably gets that slot because they have, you know, the boosters. Maybe they have the money behind it. They have a hundred thousand fans at every single game. They have one of the largest alumni networks in the country. Meanwhile, TCU, as Ohio State claims us to be, the little sisters of the poor. Uh, we only have what is it like ninety thousand living alumni. So. And we rarely sell out one game a year when we play UT. So, like, yeah. we're we're not the, the greatest. But when we made it to the Rose Bowl, we showed up, though. Like, we filled that stadium as best we could. Yeah. So, yeah. it's just those small teams now, they've never they've never had that opportunity. So, I, I don't know. I just I, – I'm excited for it. You look at another – hold on, wait. Another upper – or another example, that's what I meant to say, is UCF. They've been a great group of five team for the last close to a decade now. They've almost always been ranked year in, year out. They're one of the top 25 teams. You can say that about Cincinnati last year. That's another great example too. But like for UCF in 2017, they went 12-0. and I, I don't know if you remember all those memes about UCF in their national yeah. championship year and stuff like that. You know, of course. If there was a 12-team playoff, Teams like that would have a chance to go in there, you know, and show show what they can do against the big boys, you know, because they're not going to get to play Alabama, Georgia, Notre Dame. They're not going to get to play them in the regular season because that's not how their schedules are built. And maybe they will in, in the next few years, but schedules are usually made within like the like five years in advance. So now they may be playing people good, like great teams in the next few years just to you know show their worth and stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I think when they first started this thing, they said, like, oh, group of five teams will be in. We're selecting the best four teams, period. But, like, that's been proven to be a lie. Um, yeah. No chance in hell under the four-team playoff that they're going to put in a group of five school. So. Yeah, that's the thing, though. But, like, how how do they really know? Because Cincinnati was undefeated last year and finished eighth. Like, Well, didn't why? they lose to Georgia in the in their bowl game? Yeah, but that's, so that that's kind of, not the regular season, though. Yeah, I know. But still... So, like, that kind of goes back to refute it. So, because if they lost to Georgia, Georgia wasn't even that great last year. Um, hey, Georgia's pretty good. They I mean, were, they, like, I mean, they're like a good Georgia's team, but they good. weren't they weren't anywhere near the teams in the in the playoff last year. Um, so they were, yeah, they they weren't in discussion near the end, but they're a good team. They're always a good team. But no, I think I think it'll be good for the group. Of, the group of five teams schools are the are the real winners here. If yeah, exactly. And and the Pac-12, I think, because uh, the Pac-12 has been eliminated, like left out of the, the, what's it called, the playoffs, I think, six out of seven times. Seriously? 
Like they're only I'm pretty sure much? I'm pretty sure their only playoff appearance was Oregon the first year it was in existence. No. No, didn't Washington go? The Huskies? You're right. No, you're right. You're right. Okay. They've had two. Washington was one. But uh, speaking along those lines though, out of the 28 there's only been 7 years of the playoffs. So out of those 28 slots through the 7 years, 20 of them over 70% have been taken by the same four teams, Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, and Oklahoma. Yep. It's just I mean, yeah. It's literally I don't know. It's it gets boring. Yeah. Like I, I don't like I that, agree. you know. So it's, it's you want to see new faces. We got a comment that says top, top six, six conference champs last year, Pac twelve still misses it. LOL. Yeah, that was COVID stuff. They that was a weird year for the Pac twelve. They started late. That was like I don't know. All right, last uh, year's a bad example. Was, yeah, last year's a bad example, I would say. Yeah, but still, Pac-12, they're, I don't know, they're a Power 5 conference, but they don't really play like it. So, Oregon hasn't been that good the last few years. Stanford's been kind of eh-eh. Washington had like a two-year stint whenever they had, uh, what's his name, Jake Browning, I think, at quarterback. Yeah. Didn't their coach leave him, or is that coach still there? That you uh, I'm not sure. Chris Peterson? Chris Peterson, yeah, he do. Chris Peterson's a pretty good coach. He was at Boise yeah, State coach, for a yeah, while. He was at Boise State for a while. Um, nah, they, yeah, they're they're definitely the worst. Um, which is good because like Big Twelve is the second worst, <laughs> and so we can we can say no. That. I disagree. I highly disagree. What? I mean, like, I I want to say no, but like at the same time, I kind of have to admit defeat a little bit. I would say. We're not yes. as bad. We're we're not as bad as other people say that we are because we do get shit on a lot, and I think that we're a lot more competitive than people give us credit for because like we just beat up on each other so much. But at the same time, Oklahoma is literally the only team uh, to go to the college football playoff for us, and yeah, so. they're just so fucking good every dude because they've had three Heisman quarterbacks in the last four seasons. It's annoying, but. Like you said, the Big 12 beats each other up every year because it's so competitive. But really, I'm going to give – okay, so here's like my my power rankings for next season already, the conferences. SEC number one, okay, that's obvious, sure. SEC number one, Big 12 number two. Big 12 okay. two? Big 12 number two. Over Big 10. Over Big 10. Dude, who does Big 10 have other than Ohio State and Michigan? Um, Wisconsin, Northwestern. Northwestern's um, not going to be as good next season. Wisconsin, that's a good point. But, but Indiana, Indiana was okay. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't. But listen, it, you can say that too. But then the Big Twelve has Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, West Virginia is usually ranked. TCU is projected to have a good season. Texas is always ranked because the College Football Playoff Committee sucks their dick. I just, I just think that. Um. The Big Ten is a pretty deep conference. Like I wouldn't, I would definitely put them in number two. I nah, I could see like, us SEC, being in number 12, three. Big Ten. I could see Big Twelve at three over ACC because ACC is Clemson and that's it right now at the moment. Um, ACC is number four. Two two is a bit of a reach. Nah, dude, I'm I'm sticking with it. I'm confident. Okay. Next year you'll see it, dude. Next year, trust me. I mean, I the hope Big you're Ten. Right. The Big right. Ten, just like the Big Twelve, they they beat each other up too, because they're deep. Yeah, they had like, but the, I mean, they had like the six game schedule last year, so like that's nothing to really look into. My favorite thing about last, last year, year though, is, but... is um, Wisconsin imploding. 
Because at first I started betting on them a bunch, and then once they, I figured out that they sucked, I started fading the shit out of them. Dude, like, I did the same exact thing, bro. So great, I yes. Love yeah. I made a lot um, of money on Northwestern too. I they they always had like huge plus odds. Indiana was a good. Um, I'm pretty sure Indiana was perfect against the spread, weren't they? I don't know. They had a pretty damn good record though. I took Indiana against the spread uh, when they played Ohio State. And they were down like what was it, twenty eight to zero or something, and they ended up coming back and covering. Shit was awesome. Yeah, that was that was a good game. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. I hope I I kind of hope he gets um, accepted and permitted to because the four team has potential. It hasn't gotten stale yet, but it's I don't like there. it, dude. I don't like it's it. It's getting there. So I I would be definitely down for a twelve team playoff. All right, let's move on now from college football to the NFL. In recent news, this has kind of been an ongoing situation with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Most people, as you probably know, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers have been beefing a long time, or not a long time, but this offseason they've been kind of beefing. Rodgers wants out. Green Bay's trying to keep him, it seems like. They, They gave him an offer. He hasn't accepted it yet. And... Recently, Ian Rappaport went on, I think it was the Eisen, what's his name? Eisen? Rich Eisen. Rich Eisen show, yeah. The Rich Eisen show, and he said that Rodgers could be facing up to a $93,000 fine because he may be refusing to attend the mini camps coming up. So what are your thoughts? Um, I think that we see this play out in one of two ways. Either Rodgers comes back to Green Bay – and they start giving him what he wants and more input, or Rodgers retires because Green Bay is not gonna, really. He's gonna keep on. He's gonna keep on getting fined. So like, there's really it make more. I mean, he's 37 years old. Yeah, he's at the top of his game, obviously. But he might fucking retire and go be the host of Jeopardy. Like that's that's like, dude. I thought about that too when all this stuff first started going down. It's less of a meme than people think it is, I think. Because, I mean, look at him. No, I mean, guys it. in Hawaii, you know, I mean, maybe one of the reasons why he's holding out because he wants an expansion team out in Hawaii. Um, he's been on vacation for, it feels like, two months now. <laughs> just living just living Hawaii. his best life. Um, no, they would never do that, though. Fucking they would never travel. Yeah. But anyway, um, he's a – yeah. I mean, like, I could just see him be like – because he's a fucking – he's just like – kind of a press, you know, like if he doesn't get his way, he can just be like, all right, fuck you. I'm out. I, I'm out of the league. I'm not playing. Yeah, I'm out. Yeah, no, fuck you. I don't, I don't think he's going to retire. I think he's going to go to a different, I think team. it's less likely. I think, I, I think he's going to stay with the Packers. I don't see any way that the Packers are going to trade him. I, I want to see him play somewhere else now. You do? I yeah, don't. I do. I think, okay. Well, if, I think the Packers have a win-win in this situation. Like well, it sounds really weird to say that, but think about it. So if they tra- if they were to trade Rodgers, you can put a really really hefty price on him, like overcharged, because you know he's a reigning MVP. He's he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league all time too. You can get some good good draft picks, first round draft pick probably, and maybe get a star wideout as well, because that's what they need. They they still haven't got that. Yeah, the Packers and, are pissing me off with that. Yeah, they should have traded so, Julio. And you really don't know how good Jordan Love is. You know, they spent a first-round draft pick on him. They had to have seen something. You know, like they obviously the Packers saw something. They probably know more than me because I didn't think Jordan Love was a first-round draft pick. But 
when you look at it like that, Jordan Love could end up being like the next Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers learned under Brett Favre for a few years in the same system. Now Jordan Love has an opportunity. Granted, they're much different style quarterbacks, but you never really know. You could you could set up your future with Jordan Love just by dishing out Aaron Rodgers because realistically, you said he may retire this year. If that's even an option, he could just retire in the next few seasons. So you really only have a few years left. Why not get a shit ton of, you know, draft picks for him and stuff. Well, because for one, this is a win now team and they're in a championship window right now. And you're, you're uh, right. They are good enough, They're good enough. Unequivocally but. has a better ch- uh, chance to win the Super Bowl than Love. Because if Love is in quarterback, they're maybe making it to the playoffs. What if they, what do you think about them blowing it up? Just blowing blow it up? up? Blow it up, rebuild, blow no, it up, get rid of Rodgers, just... get rid of their star players, get start. I don't know, trade everybody, get draft picks. No, because they've been dueling out big contracts for the past couple of years. So like they're they're yeah, in debt. I mean they they that's their true. cap is all ate up. Like that's they just true. gave uh, Aaron Jones a fat contract, which was a dumb move. Um, yeah. So I I don't know. I don't, but I I just don't see them trading Rodgers because for one. What's going to be the return for him? Yes, you're probably going to get two first round picks, but how great are those first round picks going to be? Like Bro, Stafford, you was, never know. Well, Stafford got traded for two first round picks. Um, but another thing, Stafford is four years younger than Rodgers. Of course, he's not as good, but um, they were high first round picks. They're they're going to be in the twenties, late twenty, mid to late twenties picks. And the the Packers, if they're getting mid to late twenties picks, then they need to get three. And that's going to be a hard time convincing a team to give up their first round pick for the next three years for a guy that's 37. I don't think they need three for him. I think two would be just fine or even one. And then a wide out, a wide receiver. I, yeah, I mean, who, who, I don't know. I don't know who you're right that, in the though. sense though that who, they are a win now criteria. Team. I don't, I see. I don't know. I, yeah. I really don't know that that's, that'd be, that'd be something to look into. Maybe, Hey, no, actually, that doesn't even make sense. I'm trying to think of teams that need a court that need a quarterback, but have wide receivers. The Jets. They just they just oh, got Wilson. Yeah, yeah exactly. Jets don't well, have I mean, wide receivers. Corey I mean, Davis. They got Corey Davis. Yeah, I was just about to say they got Corey Davis, but that's about that's it. it. I, I think, know. dude. I think speaking of though, the Jets wideouts. I think Elijah Moore may have a a good season. I think Elijah Moore like kind of got into a good good position for him. At Ole Miss, right? Yeah, at Ole Miss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he may have a good year at the Jets because Zach Wilson and him, they seem like their like styles would match up very well. Yeah, I'm excited to see um, some preseason football, and then I can, you know, start when training camp gets more and more underway. Who I'm gonna take for my fantasy team? But I'm gonna fantasy I made, stuff later. I made a, I made a, t- yeah, we'll do fantasy in a few weeks probably. Uh, I made a TikTok about like which rookies to draft in like dynasty drafts because I'm in a dynasty league. So, we need to get in our dynasty league, dude. There's so much fun, bro. I'm I'm making the one with me and my friends right now. We're turning into a dynasty league this year, so I'm excited to do that. Dude, I see. I want to do that because like I have a consistent like me and this group. We've been doing it for like a few years, um, and there's probably like six of us that do it every year, and like two others that are. Eh, 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 eh. So it's like we don't really have. I, I would want at least ten people for a dynasty. League. Yeah, don't do eight yeah, man league with you know, dynasty. Kind of suck. It'd be okay. Every team would be too good. Soft. 
Yeah, I like at least 10. You have to do at least 10. 10, I like 10. 12 is okay. 10's, 10's the sweet spot for me. I like 10 the best. I agree, but 12 is uh, fine too. 12 is fine too. I'm not going to go more than 12. I think one time I did like a 16 one, and I was like, Fuck this, that. no, I did a 20 one, a 20 man league. It fucking sucked. I started like third, third string running backs and stuff. It was, it was the worst. That wouldn't even be fun. Sometimes, like, if like my quarterback got hurt, there's no starting quarterbacks. That's I was just about to say. Any injuries like fucks your season. No, it was like it was like straight up not having a good time. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I mean, okay, what what were we? Let's go back to what talking about Rodgers. Yeah, I was gonna say we kind of got off track there with fantasy football a little bit, but now now I'm just thinking about who I'm gonna draft and shit, man. Like all these rookies (laughs) and stuff. Good segue into that. What do you think about Julio Jones now that he's with the Titans? Where, where are you going to take him? Ooh, that, that's a good – okay, yeah, I like that. Okay, what in fantasy? Yeah. I would not take him first round. Let's get that off the table. Definitely not first round. I usually stay away from Julio just because he is – I mean, yeah, he's going to get you points when he's healthy, but, like, when is he going to be healthy? That's Availability that's is, is, a, is the number one asset. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I would say late second round probably is where I would target him. Yeah. But if you can get him in the third round, you got to pull the trigger 100%. Like that that's take him in the third round. But I'm not even going to lie, dude, you strike me as a big um Joe Mixon guy in the first or second round. Uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, not not first round, definitely not. I drafted second him round, in the first I may round. take Joe. I drafted him in the first round like 2 years ago and last year he was available, and I was like, nope, and I took Eckler instead. Oh, that's a but, uh, way better decision. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, so Stop. Julio's now a Titan. Um, how, do you, how good do you think this makes the Titans? What does this do for the Titans? I think they're a top five offense now. Top five? Top five offense, um, over, like overall offense, top five. Yeah. Maybe arguably. top three even. Mm, top three, I mean, you think of Kansas City, you think of Tampa Bay. Uh, Buffalo, Seattle, um, oh, LA right. this year. Buffalo's up there. I don't know. LA, I, maybe. They're not proven yet. So maybe. I'd put them fringe top five. I think they're probably about six or seven because they haven't. Julio's 32, right? 32, 33? He's in his 30s for sure. Yeah, I can I can yeah. check that. Um, so, I mean, it was a great move. They, they replaced Corey Davis with um an upgrade with julio but, yeah and yeah, julio so is 32 like, yeah so but he was dinged up last year hopefully he can stay healthy if he stays healthy like holy shit him and aj brown are gonna be unreal adam humphreys in the slot it's humphreys right that's their third guy yeah, yeah. okay and then pounding the rock with derrick henry i mean Dude, yeah that, that, that is, is insane bro that's what Ryan, i was just about yeah. to say Tannehill, he, i think is that only is their only limiting factor in the offense but he he's a game manager. That's what he does. He doesn't fuck yeah. anything up too much. He doesn't make any spectacular, amazing, like, oh my God, how did he do that type plays? But he gets the job done. And I think considering, you know, like you just said, Derrick Henry, Julio Jones, AJ Brown is around yeah. him. He's a poor man's fine. Alex Smith. Yeah, it's a great example. Yeah. A little bit more mobile though than uh old iron leg there. Well, at this point, yeah. But Alex <laughs> Smith was, I mean, he, he would dish it out. With the Chiefs, he would always no, have yeah, he used to be cold. But um, yeah, so I mean, I don't know. I mean, Tannehill is like a he's right around twelve, I would say, probably fringe top ten. Depends on how his stats are. 
Um, but yeah, I just I still don't think, in my opinion, this does really anything for their Super Bowl aspirations. Really, I think. I mean, well, let's talk about before we go Super Bowl. Let's talk about like division. What do you think they're going to win their division? So they have a very they have the best chance in their division to win it. The only I, thing is the Colts. Yeah, I was just about I'm, to say Colts I'm is their only competition. So high, I just for some reason I'm feeling so high about Carson Wentz next year. Um, mm. You did not just say that. I am. I'm high on him. Oh my god! Why? Like I just give me give me give me one legitimate reason Carson Wentz okay. had a good. He's season. going back to Frank Reich, who was his offensive coordinator in 2017, and okay, don't two under, fuck you. Don't underestimate the power of a fresh start. He was a head case. I mean, think about it. He's going to a new. Great, he may great, have been, but I just don't think he's the same after his injuries. That's a valid point. That is a valid point. But if there's anybody to fix him, it's going to be right. So, like, I think Carson Wentz is a potential comeback player of the year, fringe MVP candidate. Like, if he can, if he can get it together, or he's either going to be really good or really bad. I think he's going to be really bad because it's Carson Wentz. But I mean, <laughs> that's that's really all I have to say. I don't, I don't know. You're right. You know, coming back with his offensive coordinator. His old yeah. offense coordinator that may do something because he was great for him in those couple years with the I Eagles. I mean, they've, they've got a good team. They've got a great Colts have a great O line. They've got Jonathan Taylor. Ty's back. He was a little bit dinged up last year. Hopefully, he'll be healthier. Um, Michael Pittman is going to have a better year than he did last year. Um, I'm high on him on his future, and they've got a good defense. They got a better defense than Tennessee. So. And they won, you know, eleven games and almost a playoff game with the ghost of Philip Rivers. So I think, yeah, the Colts are a team that's kind of just been quiet. Like they were, they were quietly good last year, if that makes yeah. any sense. Like For nobody really season. talked about them. Yeah, the past two years even. So. Philip Rivers, I think that was a great fit though for him too. Was the Colts? Is that that's another thing? Is I'm just interested to see how Carson Wentz will fit with the Colts, but I think it will be a lot easier though. You know, with his old coach there. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna. I think it's gonna be a pretty seamless transition for the most part. But Tennessee does have the best chance to win that division. Do you 100%. think? Uh, okay, so do you think Julio or AJ Brown will be their wide receiver one? Like, who's gonna have more yards? AJ Brown, because Julio is probably not going to play a full sixteen games. That's a good point. And, and I was I was going to say Julio may get doubled more. Julio may get doubled more. Um, and it's going to make Julio being there is going to make AJ Brown better. And AJ Brown is really good. Yeah, AJ so, Brown's already really fucking good. Yeah, he's already you know a top ten guy in the league. So now they have two top ten wide receivers paired that with Derrick Henry. So, but I just I don't think I think this team has a definite ceiling, and it's not the Super Bowl. Where do you think it is? Um probably at most AFC championship, but in my opinion, the division round. Division? I think they can go to the AFC championship. There's too many there's too many teams that are better than them. You got Kansas City, they're better than Tennessee. B- Buffalo better than Tennessee. Um yeah. Who am I forgetting right now in the AFC? Yeah, but it's one Baltimore. game. Though. Baltimore one game. is better than AFC. It's one game. They can make a run. Um, Baltimore is not. I don't think Baltimore is better than Tennessee. Maybe not Baltimore. I don't, Baltimore I don't would think be, so. But, you know, two teams are 100% better. I, 
Bengals. That's yeah. it. Shut up. Um, Miami is going to have a playoff run this year. I think know. Miami has potential. It's just Miami Tua can get his it, shit together. It's all on Tua's shoulders. Literally um, all on Tua. Remember that video of DJ Khaled whenever uh, Tua got drafted? Tua Tagoviola. <laughs> um, New England has a better chance to go deeper this year than than uh, Tennessee. Um, I, I think New Cleveland, be Cleveland's better than Tennessee. Fuck no. Cleveland's definitely better than no, Tennessee. No, you're yes. wrong. Yes, 100%. You're so wrong. Who's Baker Mayfield or Ryan Tannehill? Baker. No. Yeah. No, dude. Yeah. What? He's, he's, he's good out of the play. He's best out of the play action. Dude, Baker Mayfield's not even top half of the league. Not even top half no. of the league. Oh, it's so false. Like we were just talking about Ryan Tannehill's a game manager. Baker Mayfield was just a little bit more of a mobile game manager that throws more turnovers. A lot more turnovers. I would say you could you could put Baker or Ryan in a in a pick'em. They're I think close. You go, I think you're, you go they're close, way. but I'm taking Tannehill you can take seven Tannehill. days a week, twice on a Sunday, dude. But I mean, like there's just so many LA, I think Dude, if Baker's had such better targets the whole time, and he still has done, like, you can't really say he's done. At last season, sure, he had a great year. Good for Baker. But, you know, he's got Odell with him. He's got Jarvis Landry. He's had David Njoku, even though he's dealt with a little bit of injury problems. But still, he has good targets. That's true. Well, I mean, so will Tannehill this year. Now, and yeah. Now. Great. So this well, is I a mean, test. Really, this is a Corey test. Did, did Corey Davis and... AJ Brown last year, those are two great wide receivers. But I mean, Corey like Davis never really blossomed at Tennessee. Go in. LA Chargers. I mean, the Chargers might even be a team that could overtake Tennessee this year, depending on how much of a leap that um it's their line. I think it's yeah. gonna come down to their O line. Hopefully Darisaw turns out. Hopefully Darisaw pans out. I'm high on I'm high on the Chargers. Now they got a new I coach. I think they're gonna be good too. I, I don't, don't the, I like the Chargers. Yeah. So I like, like Herbert a lot. I just see too many teams right now that could beat them. Is a reason why I wouldn't put them as a Super Bowl contender at this moment. A real yeah. like, bona fide no, Super right. Bowl contender. Right. When you when you lay it out there, I think they have a chance, but maybe the divisional round is yeah their best bet. Um, but I mean, they made the they made the perfect personnel move getting Julio. Like that is exactly what they needed. So yeah, I agree. Good for them. Right. Especially for Lucy Davis. Yeah, back let's move on. From NFL over to NBA. First off, I want to talk about your Mavericks. Yeah. We were we were both high on them. I was very confident they were gonna win the series against the Clippers yeah. and Kawhi was gonna leave. I was excited because there was rumors about Kawhi going to Miami. I know Miami is always, you know, making rumors happen with free agents, but that would have been cool, but now that's not gonna happen. They choked. What, what's your take? Um, so I said before the playoffs started, I'd be happy with a six or seven game series. But the way that that ended, I'm very unhappy. And I think it's time for Rick Carlisle to go. And that, and that, and I'm not a chop off your head, Rick Carlisle guy. Like I'm not screaming for his job. Like some mass fans have been the past year, maybe two, um, because he's uplifted so many bad teams. He, he got us through teams where we were competing in the playoffs. I mean, we were never a real threat to win it um, after our title in 2011. But there was a lot of teams that had no business being in the playoffs and were because of Carlisle. And um, 
So it makes me sad to say that he needs to go, but I think he's got to go in order for the team to grow. I hear a lot in basketball that um, coaches' messages can get stale with young guys, and sometimes they'll need a new voice to come in and kind of to re- in order to resonate with the players. And I kind of think that that's what we need. No, I I I think so too, because uh, I mean Carlisle, he's not a bad coach in, in any way, but. There's only been, I think, I forget the exact stat, but there's been like six teams in the NBA that haven't gotten past the first round in the last decade. And the Mavs are one of those six, but they're like clearly better than the other five. The other five is the Hornets, the Pistons, the Timberwolves, the Magic, and the Kings, which like, well, duh. Let's set the record straight. If we were in the Eastern Conference, we could have made it to some conference finals. Yeah. <laughs> like- I don't know about conference you know, finals. No, but I, I mean, like I we could have, know. we would have definitely won a playoff series if we were in the East. Yeah, no, you would. I, I, I'm not disagreeing, but you probably wouldn't have made conference finals. But you're okay. It's like the Mavs are clearly better than those other teams in that list. And also, another interesting little fact with that group is all of those teams have had at least five different head coaches in the last decade. The Mavs have stuck with Carlisle the entire time. Which, yeah, you know, was- granted, he had that great 2011 finals run, you know, won the championship. But, like, how far can one ring go, you know? I mean, well, it's obviously carried him pretty far because we've had, you know, we, we rebuilt under him. We had those, you know, two, three lost seasons that were terrible. And we he, we wrote it out with him. And it wasn't his fault by any means. It was We tore down the roster so we could get a top pick, which ended up being Luca. Who was good, turned good out call. great? Yeah. yeah, good call. Um, but I just you know, maybe maybe we need something different. And like, and this isn't discounting anything that he's done because he's done so, like, you know, he brought us the organization's first championship. But like, what have you done for me lately? Nothing. I mean, you well, choked. Okay. You Luke. you lost two games in a row to lose a series or for a team that you could have beat. And those fourth quarters, the past two games, is uh, were, were not great. Maybe it's a personnel thing. Maybe we need to get Luca a real number two. Chris, I was just about to say, like it may not even be Carlisle. Maybe it's Chris Stapps for playing like a number seven, let alone a number two. Yeah, um, he is not who he was in New York. Hunter, no, no, not at all. And maybe it's because of that ACL injury, you know? No, it's definitely that's definitely what it is, 100%. Yeah, it has to be. Maybe like, that's why – because remember when we made that trade, everyone was like, oh, my God, the Mavericks, like, completely robbed New York of that pick. And then yeah. there was even some speculation that it's because he raped a girl, but then that turned out being – that fizzled out. So I think that was not true. Um, well, do you remember that? Not. No, I, I, I didn't hear that about. Yeah, there Chris was like Epps something going on that in New York. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to get out because apparently he sexual assault or rape or something. But then it, it I just never heard about it again. So maybe that's not the case. Maybe no, it's I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's because of his that, knee. But it, it's probably because he's just fucking playing like shit. That's probably why. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, he, I saw it in his interview or his like post-game interview or something like that. I forgot exactly what it was, but he said he's tired of being treated like an afterthought rather than like the number two player. But it's like, bro, bro maybe you should stop playing like an afterthought. Like, I don't know. That's an idea. Well, him and Luca aren't buddies, so that doesn't help. Yeah, it's Luca and uh, and Bobby. 
Yeah, they're they're the real friends. They're the real friends. They're not so cute. I think um, Cuban said something. They're like, oh. Uh, Luca and Kristaps work out their issues on the court. And so it's like not something you really want to hear. That doesn't sound great for our two best players. No, yeah. I, I think they need to dish out Kristaps. Just do something. They, no matter what, build around Luca. Like at all costs, build around Luca. Get whatever you can to help Luca. Because I think Luca has multiple MVPs in his future. And they could, they could get a decent price out of Chris Stapps. You know, even though he's played like shit in the postseason, like this season at least, they could probably get maybe a first rounder for him, I'd say. Cause what do you remember exactly what they gave up for him? Um Dennis Smith Jr., um DeAndre Jordan, and a first round pick. And then we got uh Chris Stops, uh Tim Hardaway Jr. and who is the real diamond rough in that trade. Honestly, if you ask Mass fans, some Mass fans might even say that was the Tim Hardaway Jr. trade and not the Kristaps Porzingis trade. Dude, he was Tim he's been Jr. a fire role player. He's been lights phenomenal. out for us. Yeah. But anyway, and then we got I forgot the third guy. I don't know. Wasn't. But you got you you gave up a first rounder though. So and those and like Dennis Smith was good on the Naz, but I mean now Sporting didn't he like then he bump down all the way to the G leagues? Yeah, he was awful once he got traded in New York. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't great in New um, York. So, yeah, it didn't work out because him and Luca just didn't really work out on the court very well. And that was kind of when we first drafted Luca. That's what it was primed to be. It's like these two guys are going to be our future. Um, and then it's just it just didn't pan out. You know, their games didn't mesh, and so we shipped them off for as part of the him and that first round pick and. DeAndre Jordan were the three guys that sent for um, Courtney Lee was the last guy. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. Mavs could do Mavs could definitely get a first rounder for Chris Tapps and even another role player, which I mean, I know they have enough of those, but I'm sure if they included maybe Chris Tapps and they gave up another draft pick, they could bring in a star player, bro. What do you think about the Mavs going after Dame? Um, I love Dame. So like, yeah, I would be all about that. Yeah, because like um, that's that's another thing I think of right now is after you know the, the Trailblazers are out of the playoffs, is it time? Is it time for Dame time to go? Yeah. You know, is it time for him it's, to leave Portland? Um, I mean, he's been pretty adamant about how he feels about building a championship team in Portland. And he has his whole career. You're right. Uh, I've also he's, heard that he might go to New York to the Knicks, which like I would be about. I would love to see that actually. That would definitely be about. He would definitely get um a lot more credit than he a lot more credit than he's already getting. So starting getting what he deserves. Um yeah, because it's like with the with the Trailblazers, it feels like it just seems like he's given so much to that organization and like what has he gotten in return, you know? Not much. One Western Conference Finals appearance. Yeah, exactly. That's it. You know, so I think he should leave. Yeah, and I get that. You know, he wants to build the small organization or small market organizations, build it up, make them a championship team. That's awesome. You know, great for Dame in that aspect. But at the same time, I think it's time for him to think about himself. And he is a championship caliber player that's not on a championship caliber team which isn't all too uncommon, but he has the opportunity this offseason to go to a championship-caliber team. And like the Knicks, I wouldn't call them a championship-caliber team yet, 
But if he pairs up with Julius Randle, that could be awesome. You never know. And I'm sure the Knicks are going to be moving around in the offseason trying to bring somebody else in too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, the Knicks are going to be very aggressive this offseason. Yeah. Because um, now they're cool again. So now, like, their problem in the past that they've just been so trash. Like, players are like, yeah, I'd love to go and play in New York and play in Madison Square Garden. But, you know, you guys are a shitty organization. But now they have Tibbs there. Uh, makes things a lot different. So and and everybody like wants to play at MSG. They want to play in New York, but with the Trailblazers, Dame is going to have a really hard time bringing in some other talent because nobody wants to play in Portland. Yeah, yeah. Like probably the best other than McCollum, of course. But McCollum's been there forever. Like other than McCollum, the, probably the best free agent talent they've brought in during Dame's you know tenure was Hassan Whiteside after his fallout with the Heat. And he sucked in, in Portland. He didn't play well. He, he kind of fell out. He doesn't even play anymore. Yeah, well, and they have uh, Jurkic. Jurkic is pretty good. Jurkic has worked out for them. Um, but Yeah, Jurkic is pretty good. No, nah, just not. They've just been like a good team and not you know something that what he deserves. So, yeah, it might be time for him to move on, honestly. Yeah. Other, all right, well, other than the Trailblazers and the Mavs, so uh, my, well, another question I have for you is, uh, is Phoenix, the Suns, they just beat the Lakers. Well, not just. It was a while ago now or a few days late on this. But are the Suns legit? Do they have a legitimate chance? Yes. When we had, when we had Colton on, he picked the Suns to go to the finals. You're saying yes? Absolutely. Tell me why. Because, um, for one um, – I picked the Nuggets to go to the finals, but that's because I didn't think that LeBron was going to go out in the first round. And after the what the Suns yeah. have done to LeBron in the first round and um, what they've done so far in two games against the Nuggets, they're for real. They are. I, I think so too. CP3 has been going off. He had 15 assists last night um, and 17 points. I mean, just being just being CP3 doing CP3. Dude, Devin Booker awesome. had like what was it close to thirty points like by halftime? Was it four guys have a uh, had twenty points last night? I, I don't know exactly. The first I didn't get to watch last night's game, but okay, it was fine. It's, the Suns are just going off right now. Man. Yeah, they so they can do it, and I would love to see the Suns in the finals. I would love. I would to love see to see the Suns and Nets. Yeah, Suns Nets finals is probably what we're looking at right now. Yeah, because do the Nets, bro? Oh my God, they look unstoppable, man. Even what's what's the score of the? I'm gonna check that right now. Um, tied at 76 with three minutes left. Just keep it within. Dude, three. that's so low scoring, bro. I picked the under too. Let's go. Yeah, <laughs> that's really low scoring. Yeah, but yeah, I got, I got Nets plus three and a half. Because duh. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, dude, they've been going. I honestly, I would have taken the risk on uh, the the Bucks because teams that in the playoffs, teams that have lost by forty points are six and zero in the following following game, which is kind of weird. But I don't know. I just like betting trends like that. But the Nets, they look fucking dominant, bro. Because James Harden didn't even play, and they won by forty. Yeah, like goddamn. Yeah, they're definitely going to the finals. It's you know the 76ers. Sure, they're a great team, but they've already been rattled by the Hawks. Like they lost game one, they're shaken up a little bit. I know Embiid was a little had a little injury scare, but still, it's the Hawks. They're not that great. Yeah, um, man, we were so wrong about the Nets when that trade first happened for James Harden. We were so wrong. Yeah, me and you, me and you were shitting on it. We were like, oh, this is gonna, you know, 
all their egos are too big and it's not going to work out and these, this, this, and that. And so far it's worked pretty okay. And, and I don't know though, in the regular season, there was a few, few moments of scare. I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but there was well, a I, few unsure moments. I think like the first like 10 games with Harden, they didn't do great. And yeah, no, oh yeah. Figured it out. But there was also injuries, and then Kyrie was, you know, he disappeared oh, yeah. for a Kyrie while. Was, yeah, Kyrie was doing his magician act and <laughs> doing whatever he does with flat Earth and shit. You know? Yeah, going to probably his, he had some cult meetings he couldn't miss. So. Yeah, exactly. Some chance or child's blood to drink. Some what a guy, adren- dude. Some adrenochrome to get attend to or something. What a guy. Who fucking knows what he's doing on his sabbaticals but um yeah so but we were wrong turns out they're all really good at basketball like it, well yeah no shit like we all knew yeah it was just <laughs> so, yeah i just didn't think they would work out chemistry wise but i it looks like they're locked for the finals at this point yeah it would be interesting i mean i think they're gonna play the sixers for sure so i mean that'll be interesting to see i'm excited for yeah. that no so all right yeah. uh, NBA playoffs, baby. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, but um, speaking Here. of what we need to happen as a playoff. Yeah. Yeah. We, I Brooks. would love to see a playoff of this. Here, you go into Brooks. I got to pee. Okay. So, Brooks Kapka and Bryson DeChambeau, as we know, hate each other. Um, this is great for the sport of golf, as we've said before, because um, we need somebody to hate. We need a – we need – you know, golf is a game that needs a side to pick right now. All right, I guess not right now, but it's just always more fun when there's a rivalry, right? Like Tiger versus Phil or whatever. Um, but this is so much fun because Brooks is like, you know, fuck you, I don't care. Uh, he's the he's the likable douchebag. You know, he's the the popular guy in high school that like you know is a douchebag, and you kind of don't like him when he's because of how douchey he is. But when you're around him, you're like, fuck. I just want to be around this guy because he's so cool to be around and he's just, you know, he's a cool guy. And then Bryson DeChambeau, who's a fucking nerd and um, is a whiny little bitch at times for the sport of golf, have their little rivalry and it's getting more and more intense. And the things that they're each saying about the rivalry is getting more and more funny because the other day um, Bryson was like, he was all about it. He was like, rip free in your head, which, by the way, is the stupidest fucking comeback. I think I hate it. I don't like it. It's not. Um, it's not. Yeah. It's not good. It's just so annoying because it's just like, yeah, you're in my head. I don't like you. Like, shut up. Fuck off. Like, I don't know. I, I think it's a dumb thing to say. Um, but anyway, he was all about it. And then I guess he got a little bit too butthurt with all the Brooksy comments. And he said the tour needs to handle it. And then just yesterday, Brooks said, I think the rivalry is great for the game. This is this is awesome. I'm it having is. fun with this. Yeah, it is, dude. And that's what Brooks said about it. Like he literally doesn't give a fuck. And Bryson's over there being a bitch. I think the reason why Bryson doesn't like it at all is because Brooks is so clearly winning the rivalry. Yeah, oh, definitely. And he has way more fans too on his side. Like we already we've said it before. We're a hashtag Team Brooks podcast over here. Bryson has been like a he's had to stick up his ass with the whole thing. And it also seems that Bryson is like taking everything kind of on a personal level whereas brooks seems to just be having fun with it off the shoulders yeah he just seems to be having fun with it like did you see uh over the weekend uh brooks wasn't playing it was at the memorial tournament in ohio brooks wasn't playing but bryson was and there were fans 
chirping at Bryson, let's go Brooksy and like stuff like that. And they ended up throwing them out. You know, they got kicked out. They had to leave. And Bryson responded by like messaging them on Twitter and saying like, hey guys, like such and such. And he offered them um, packs of Michelob beer, which I guess Brooks has sponsored. like a sponsorship with Michelob. Yeah. Michelob sponsored, sponsors the PGA Tour. Oh, okay. It's a big beer sponsor. That makes sense. So yeah, he offered them like free cases of Michelob Ultra for for doing that. It was like to make up for you getting kicked out and stuff. And yeah, yeah Bryson didn't like that. <laughs> Dude, it's so... <laughs> It's awesome though. It's good TV. It's no, good. It it's good. You know, let's get your popcorn type shit. You know yeah, I mean? and I, I saw a TikTok. It was uh, somebody went into the locker rooms or something. Yes. Like, where they go? Yeah, and they wrote in Bryson's locker, "Let's go, Brooksy." <laughs> so funny, dude. They're he, they're in his head. Like I know we, Brooks is most definitely living. You hate it, but it's definitely rent free, bro. Oh, he's definitely rent free. But I I do hate that, and the fact that. Bryson DeChambeau made that as his number one comment. It was like his number one clapback. Like that's what he's going to put like all of his shit talking on is I'm living rent free. It's like, okay, you're bad at talking shit because that's what the rest of Twitter is doing right now. Yeah. Like, yeah. Come up well, with an original thing to say. This this kind of rivalry though, what do you think like the traditionalists of golf think about it, you know? um, I'm not sure. Because like, you know, it is kind of modern. Been, you know what I mean? It's a little bit more like in the media. It's a little bit yeah. less professional kind of thing. It might be a little bit of like similar to baseball, like let the kids play type beat. Yeah, um, Tony Larusa. Yeah, so that might be that might be what some people think. Um, I mean, there's been rivalries in the past in golf, but it's usually just because those are two of the best in the game at the moment. Yeah, you know, it's not because they don't like each other. Yeah, like Phil and Tiger, like yeah, like great friends right now. Yeah, well, now they weren't really friends back in the day. Exactly. Like, yeah, That's but they, I mean. they they weren't talking shit to each other on live TV, or getting you know, it wasn't to this level. But it's, I think this is great personally for the sport of golf. Like we said, it's two of the premier players in the sport, and they actively, knowingly hate each other. It's not like one of those rumors to be like, hey, like you know, low key, like those guys don't like each other. Like, you know, it's like documented on camera. Yeah. They don't it's like out in the moment. Yeah. You know, it's not in the closet. Hashtag pride month. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, everybody <laughs> seems to be like jumping on board with it too. Like I've seen TikToks about it. Like we mentioned, you know, like fans are getting involved with it too, which is awesome to see because maybe that'll expose the game to new fans. And, you know, it's perfect timing for me because I'm starting to watch golf more. You know, I'm starting to play golf, but I fucking suck, but you know that's fine. No, no Brooks. Yeah, and Brooks winning this is definitely good because it's going to get a lot more uh, fans. Pretty much everyone who's in the a college dude demographic right now. Yeah, like anyone who likes barstool sports is now going to be. If they weren't already, they're probably going to get more involved with golf because Brooks is the type of guy that they like. <laughs> yeah, and Brooks does a lot of stuff with barstool too. He does. Yeah, he's heavily involved with barstool. <laughs> like he's like he comes on the show. I'm part of my take quite a bit, and so. Yeah, so I think uh, it's good stuff, and Bryson Shambo's a bitch. Yeah, opposite of good stuff, though. Bad stuff in the MLB. We got a lot of foreign substance issues going on right now with pitchers and stuff like that. Uh, I don't know exactly what it's called. It's like spider tar or some shit. It's the sticky stuff that pitchers put in their gloves to like rub on their finger so they can get a lot more control on the bar, the balls. I don't know exactly what it's called. But 
that's been a big problem lately. The MLB recently came out and said that they were going to punish pitchers for it. You know, like they were going to take action against it to prevent it. But it seems like pitchers don't really give a fuck. I've seen a lot of videos of like you Darvish is cheating, which that one hurts my heart because I love you Darvish mm-hmm. as a former, you know, former Ranger. But and then also Trevor Bauer, who's been like one of the big guys on it. There's been Garrett Cole, too. Like there's a lot of big name pitchers that have been involved in this stuff. John Means and has been a guy who's John had a Mean- breakout year this year. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it's like the guys that are having like random breakout years. Like, okay, shit. Um, yeah, well, and the craziest part of that is because everyone's doing it. Nobody's calling each other out because you can go and say, hey, check his glove for foreign substances. But nobody's doing it because as soon as they other one team does it, all the other teams are going to start doing it. And they will get caught because their pitchers are lights out right now. Yeah, know? exactly. So like That's why there's been so many no-hitters probably, dude. Oh, definitely. That's yeah. probably has something to do with it. Everybody's cheating right now. Well, and the MLB has been fucking with the balls. What do you mean? In what way? Years. Well, well, when two years ago when they broke the – or whatever years ago, the balls were juiced. When they broke the – the league broke the home run record for a season, mm-hmm. there was a lot of speculation. League never said it, but the balls were, were juiced, definitely. Like, um, And then Pete Alonso just came out and said that, you know, the MLB is manipulating the baseball constantly, like every season. And they do it depending on that. the That's free agent. Yeah. And they do it based on the free agent uh, market that year. And this year, the MLB came out and said that they're deadening the baseball. So that just pretty much goes and proves the theory that they juiced them a couple of years ago if there's such a need to deaden them. So that's kind of fucked. I mean, no, because if you look at it, there's a video. It's either Acuna or Albies hitting a pop fly. And like slamming his bat down on the ground, and then it turns out to be a home run because it just carries. It just keeps like, going. And it, yeah, yeah, yeah. And shit like that has happened a bunch. Uh, that's weird. And so now it's they're they're reversing a little bit this year, but pitchers are definitely using these substances. Yeah, I hadn't I hadn't heard anything about like the pop flies or I mean like the juice in the balls and stuff like that. That's really interesting. That's kind of weird though that. Because, you know, like they, I would think that those players, you know, they're so used to this, the ball. They practice with it every day, day in and day out. That's what they play with. Like, would they not notice it changing often? Well, I mean, like, I don't know how it's, it's, it's different. You know, it's kind of like it's a minimal change and it depends on like, I don't even know. Maybe it's the type of cork that they use inside the ball. I think, I think that's what they do. That makes sense, yeah. Like the material and stuff that's actually in it. Yeah, that's inside of it. But they keep it around the same weight. And it's like not really a noticeable difference. And like even if it did, it would be like placebo. Like you think baseball feels different this year and be like, uh, not really. It might be in your head. You know what I mean? Dude, like on top of, you know, the no hitters and stuff, I feel like there's been quite a few home runs, maybe more than relative to other seasons at this point. So what if I was just thinking, like, as we're talking about the cheating and stuff, what if we're in another steroid era of baseball and we don't even fucking know it? Probably. I mean, like, I have, well, you know what I mean? Like, what if everybody's doing stuff? My roommate says, because he played um, Juco and he mm-hmm. goes, dude, everyone that's in the league is juicing or has juiced at one point. That's what he said. That's what he tells me. And I've heard that from other people, too. I, and I believe it. That's interesting. Honestly, I, don't, I, I don't believe know. it. So, well, 
But would the league do anything about it though? Like if everybody's doing it? No, they'd probably want to keep it under wraps. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the thing. So like when would that like you know come to light? Because I mean, wasn't it with like the steroid era of baseball? We didn't find out about it for like decades. No, I think like on the I could be totally it, wrong on that. Guys, guys started getting popped left and right because it got okay. to a point where people were like, "There's no way these guys are <laughs> yeah. not on steroids right now," and a lot of guys were getting busted and popped and left and right. And I think you know, I think uh, Congress got involved there, and like there was some MLB players that went to U.S. deposition. Rafael Palmero had a deposition with the Senate. And was like, yeah, I've never used steroids ever in my life, and tested positive for steroids like right after. So that's oh, funny. The steroids been a problem in the league for a long time. So the pitchers are just doing what they can do. This is, you know, using syrup or spider tack or whatever the fuck they got on their glove right now. It's just their form of steroids. Yeah, I mean, it's at least they're not injecting themselves with shit. Which I mean, you know, again, who they're knows? Probably doing that. Too. I was about to say, who knows? They could be. But I saw um, Garrett Cole the Yankees pitcher and who's also been going off ever since he was in out of Pittsburgh. He's just had breakout year after breakout year. So, you know, I saw an inner or post game interview with him where they asked him like word for word, the reporter said, have you ever used like the sticky tack or spider tack substance in your life? And did the Nets bet just hit? Yep. All right. 86 bucks. So oh, nice. It won by half, half a point. Yes, sir. Nice. Okay, anyway, but I saw Garrett Cole was in the interview. They asked him, have you ever used this substance in your life? And he literally goes, um, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> it's like, bro, could you be more obvious that you're fucking cheating? <laughs> I don't I don't get it. It's just so why not lie, dude? It's so easy to lie right there. Yeah, I saw that video too. That was bad. Um yeah, it's so bad. Well, my question for you with this whole thing though is should PEDs, you know, steroids, performance enhancing drugs, should they be allowed across all sports? Well, maybe if we do like a trial run and say let's do it, but then all sports stay the same. Like baseball is a really good example because you can really tell in baseball if they're juicy or not because, you know, just easier to tell from how hard you hit the ball. Um, if it stays, if the game stays the same, then we'll be like, oh, these guys have been juicing all along. But if we, like, what if we completely crack down on it and sports sucked? Yeah, that's true, though. It would be like super. But then again, it, I just feel like the story just ruins the element of like, the come up, you know what I mean? From high school to college and like finding the best of the best. Like if it's just who can find the best steroids, you know what I mean? Then like that would just kind of defeat the, what's the word? I'm, I don't know. The fucking American elements of sports. You know what I mean? Well, some people say that Bonds would have still been one of the greatest players of all time. Well, he and it probably wasn't because of steroids. He probably so no, yeah, steroids definitely boost you up, but like, I don't think steroids is a difference between an average career and a Hall of Fame career. <laughs> steroids isn't going to make you see the ball come out of the hand faster. That, so that's gonna, true. Steroids isn't going to make you swing at a high fastball out of the zone or a curveball in the dirt. That's true. But if we're talking about across all sports, then like in football, it's going to make you hit harder. In basketball, it's going to make you run a lot faster. You're going to have quicker reaction time. Like, I don't, 
I, I don't know. I just I don't think there's room for it. But I don't know. That's my my only concern is what if we just completely cracked down on it and sports sucked? <laughs> that that could be very possible though. And it's like, what if we find out it's been a thing just like, forever under the table? Like you know what, guys, it's it's okay. it's fine. Oh, yeah, you guys go ahead, keep doing your thing. You're, yeah, you're destroying your body, but this is kind of what you got into when you take millions of dollars to play with the ball. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and wrap this up with some love it or loathe it. Let's do it. All right, if you guys are new to the podcast and don't know what love it or loathe it is, this is how we end every episode. It's a little segment we do where we take turns firing off some rapid fire questions to, or not questions, but topics to one another. And if we love it, we're going to stop, talk about it for a little bit. If we loathe it, we'll just move on. And that's that. Do you want to take the first round or do you want me to go? I'll take first round. You'll take first round? All righty. Yeah, where does it stop? Uh, I got it. I got it. It okay. stops with Rudy Gobert. Okay. All righty. All right. First up, we got Kevin Pillar hit two home runs on his blood-soaked bat. Pillar was hit in the face and gushed blood a few weeks ago. Yeah, for those – I mean, if people like bloody videos, look up Kevin Pillar getting hit in the face. That was probably one of the worst face hits I've ever seen because as soon as he got hit, bro, like gushing blood, like UFC-type shit and was had to get like surgery and was out for about two weeks and then last night he had the same bat that was soaked in his own blood from getting hit in the face and hit two bombs <laughs> that's pretty sick i haven't seen that yet baller all right so i assume that's a love it that's a love it all right next up we got dak prescott signs with the jordan brand as the only quarterback now with the brand love it dak's a top five qb and this is just one thing to prove it because uh... he's a very marketable QB, and he is, his play reflects that. So this is this is another example of why he is a top five QB. He's a top ten quarterback. Top five is a little bit of stretch, but all right. Next up, LeBron James is changing his jersey number back to six from twenty three. Um, loathe it. All right. The Chicago Cubs unveil new City Connect uniforms. I. Love this, you know, so I'm going to talk about it, but I actually love the uniforms. They're trash. Um, this Nike, MLB needs to drop Nike. Um, I hate the swoosh on the chest of MLB jerseys. I don't like it. I think it ruins the sanctity of the sport. And they're, the City Connect uniforms, the five that they come out with, are all ugly. Like Boston has this yellow and turquoise uniform. Oh. Disgusting. The Wrigleyville ones look like, Either it's for the Seattle Mariners. I mean, it's full on navy blue all the way through. They look like a fucking 13-year-old's Diamond Dynasty team. <laughs> you know, like that's what they all look like so far. And it's just like... Yeah, the Red Sox ones are really ugly. I just found them. Yeah. I oh, mean, the, God. the Chicago White Sox have like kind of a cool one, but like one I'd only want to see with in a video game. Yeah. Because um, it's black with white pinstripes, which is kind of cool, but not really that great. Um, so yeah. All right. MLB drop Nike. No, they should go back to Majestic. For sure. Yeah. All right. Then we got, we talked about it a little bit, but we're going to go ahead and keep it in here anyway. Chris Tapp's Porzingis has been frustrated and feels like an afterthought, not a co-star to Luka Doncic. Loathe it. All right. Rudy Gobert wins his third Defensive Player of the Year award. So I love this. Rudy is obviously good on him by making a PR comeback because last year the whole After world the hated him. Yeah. And then I guess when people realized that like kind of really wasn't his fault, 
um, they started giving him some more credit. So good for him to be back in the good graces of the people. <laughs> but one thing I want to say too is like, how much do these sports voters watch basketball? You know what I mean? Like, how do they just go, Rudy Gobert's, you know, he's been the best defensive player in the league the past couple of years. I'm going to vote him. Like, right? No, I think about that too because I thought Bam like, Adebayo should have won it. Maybe I'm biased because I'm a Heat fan, but Bam Adebayo has been amazing defensively. Like, how many, you know, how many of these sports writers actually are voting for real? Like, how how real of an award are these awards in sports? Yeah, that's always a thing. Well, I mean, if you look at the NBA, there was a one MVP vote for Derrick Rose. Yeah. Well, then that's probably because of the fan vote. Last year, Luca got a defensive player of the year vote from a guy. <sighs> yeah. Definitely not. Definitely and, not. Yeah, he's, he's not. <laughs> so, not even close, yeah. No. Um, it just kind of makes you shake your head and wonder, you know, is are these awards the real litmus test of how good of a player is? So, yeah. That's all my right. That's all for that section. I'm ready when you All are. Right. <laughs> this one's funny. Um, Rand's head coach, Sean McVay, has reportedly been in a better mood since acquiring Matt Stafford. I love this because I think it's pretty funny. You know, Jared Goff, he's gone. Good riddance. I think Stafford's a much better fit for that offense. I'm sure McVay's really happy with him compared to Goff. You know, Goff isn't terrible. I don't want to knock him too much, but I think Stafford is just a much better fit, and I would be happy too. So that's pretty funny. Love it. Or love it. All right. Um, the Washington football team will now have an open competition, quarterback competition. Ryan Fitzpatrick is the starter day one, but it's anybody's job to have in between Fitzpatrick himself, Taylor Heineke, and Kyle Allen. I loathe this, actually, because I am a big Fitzpatrick fan and a big Heineke fan, so I would be happy to see either one of them play, so I don't, I don't know. I, I kind of loathe it. Okay. All right. It is widely believed that the NBA will add two expansion teams in both Seattle and Las Vegas. I love it. Seattle, I didn't like the fact that they moved to Oklahoma City. Uh, I mean, it's nice that Oklahoma City now has a major sports team, you know, in in some way, shape, fashion, or form. But that leaves Seattle with just the Mariners. Or I guess they they just got the Kraken. So they got the Kraken, the Mariners, and the Seahawks now. So I, I love that because I think it's great for the league to expand. Um, what was the other team you said? Las Vegas. Yeah, Vegas. That'd be great because Vegas is becoming a sports town now. They got the Raiders. They got the Golden Knights. So I, I've been questioning why Vegas wasn't a sports town for a long, a long time because they're a big enough city, I feel like, and would have enough fans to go to the games and stuff like that. So I love that. All right. I don't know how soon it's going to happen, but it's just it's it's coming in the next couple of years. Yeah. Um, Alex Smith is in talks with CBS and Fox about coming on as an analyst in the booth. I love it. I love Alex Smith, but I, I I'm not a huge fan of athletes getting a free pass into the booth. Tony Romo's been great. He has. I yeah. I can't lie. He's been awesome. CP3 has had 38 assists and only two turnovers in his past three games. I love it. CP3, GOAT, one of the all-time great point guards. He's been proving his worth with the Suns just like he does everywhere he goes. He is, Even though Devin Booker is their number one, Chris Paul is leading them into these playoffs. He's the veteran. He's their guy. And he's been playing out of his mind considering his role right now in this team. So I love that. All right. Simone Biles wins seventh U.S. Gymnastics Championship. 
I love it. She's the GOAT. I really don't know shit about gymnastics, but she's fucking good at it. I saw she had in her leotard, she had rhinestones in the shape of a GOAT on the side. Because, I mean, she knows it too. She's she's the GOAT. But, yeah, that's good for her domination. All right. Last time the NBA Finals didn't include LeBron James or Steph Curry was 2010. I love this because it makes me feel old. <laughs> Dude, I was 10 years old the last time there wasn't a finals with LeBron or Steph. That's crazy. I mean, I'm 23 now. How do you think I feel? Damn, bro. We're old. That's just, yeah. yeah, anyway. Loathe that. Good that balls. makes me feel old. All right. All right. Yeah, that, that's all we got for this week. Uh, hopefully, we had a few new eyes. Uh, we have... A lot of new Twitter followers in the last few days, so we appreciate all the support on that. You guys make sure to check us out on social media, Twitter at GTD underscore sports. Our TikTok is at GTDsports.com. But yeah, that's all we got for this week. If you stayed the whole time, we really appreciate you listening. And we'll be back here on Wednesday next week, back on the regular schedule. Yeah, thanks for listening.